0: Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Nice to have your company. Phil Taylor and Catherine Graham with me this afternoon, Thursday afternoon. And let's go to this because we've had a large response to our, it's just a snap panel poll and it's a topic that um, we find fairly fascinating. We've talked and talked about a four-day work week, but thousands of young people by way of petition are asking for a four-day School week. Change the school week in New Zealand to four days is nudging five signatures. School students experiencing burnout, school system is draining, mountains of homework, some of the things that came through. Now a report in the US two years ago showed that students in a four day school week facility got more hours of sleep and reported feeling less tired than those in a normal school setting. But we all got through a five day week. What's the issue? So at 4.40 we give the, the, the results. Do you support a four day school Week, college school week in Aotearoa. Text me, yes or no, why or why not, 2101. Mary says, no to a four-day school week. Our kids are already behind in reading, writing mass. We do not need any more dumbing down. Another one, my kids had the opportunity to go f- f- to school for a year in France. School days were Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, was fantastic. So, with us is Dr. Sarah Ayono, the CEO of Longwith Education, an accredited professional development provider for the Ministry of Education. Sarah has a postgraduate qualifications in Maori learner achievement and special needs resource teaching. Dr. Ayono, welcome. Kia ora. Kia ora, So let's be clear right now, it's not on anyone's radar. Any change would be a decision for government. But this uh, petition is gaining traction on change.org. What an idea. Is there any merit in this?
1: Um, I think it points to a number of actually, you know, more real issues for for our college kids, and that is this this really tricky balance between achievement and progress, but also well-being. Hmm. And um, we know that that's you know that's not an there's no easy answer to that, um, but it does highlight the fact that we've got. Kids now who are, we know, 15-year-olds, for example, are two 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 and a half times more likely to suffer from depression than their parents were at 15. Uh, we know that the rate of teenage depression has more than doubled since the 1980s. Um, so so there are very real mental health statistics related to this, and, and I know that the, the organisers of the petition are, are citing that. Um, the American study is quite an interesting one to look at, uh, because you know, actually those students that are involved in that four-day week actually spend 50 minutes longer in the day at school than their five-day counterparts. So the students are saying, hey, look, we're happy to go for a longer school day if you give us a day off just to uh-huh. just to have a breath, right? Um, so it's not necessarily that we're going to be reducing the actual uh, engagement. In fact, we know things like absenteeism wasn't affected in this study. Um, it's just giving breathing room um, to, to, to process everything that's going on.
0: And that's all it is. If you just join us, we're talking about uh, whether or not we might have in the future, not now, but in the future, a four-day school week. Stay there, Sarah. Let's go around the panel on this. Catherine. <laughs> uh
2: I think it's a really good idea. So that's a yes for you? Yes for me because I feel like if there's so much anxiety and if you can get just as much done in four days and this will make a significant difference to a student's ability to learn and to be less anxious, then I'm all for it actually. I suppose it will have great impact on families though if it was ever passed because of the extra
1: day that you'd have to have your kids at home. And
2: all well, that that's
0: exactly the thing, Sarah.
1: Yeah, it is, and and that's why it's such a complex thing. And, and I, you know, personally, I think it's it's inspirational and aspirational, but I think in practical terms, it may provide a lot of challenges for families. Um, but yeah, Catherine, you're right that the idea of um, happy, engaged, interested learners comes when we're less anxious. Although, so actually, mm-hmm. you know, uh, increasing engagement um, is something that we have to be really. Mindful
0: of okay, so Catherine says yes in principle to a four-day school week. We've put a caveat on it; um, it's college students and up, so those mm. who can perhaps go home uh, and look after themselves. Phil Taylor, where do you stand?
3: I, I'm more open to it than when I first heard the proposition, Wallace. And, and okay, the reason for that is I think any, anything we, we can do to address this anxiety epidemic and mm. and, and the suicide. Is, is absolutely key, and I and I hear I hear what's been said around that. Uh, I come back to, to to my point though. I think I think there's a whole lot of um, resilience building and training and things that we need to be um, building into our system as well. Um, the reason why I, th- I think it, I'm open to it too is, um, I personally, my own personal is I kind of felt that the education system wasted a lot of my time, and I could have been out of there a lot quicker and. 13 years seemed like a very long time uh, to to learn what I felt like I learned. And and also my son's experience at uh, St Paul's. We were lucky enough to have um, uh, a trimester at uh, adventure camp where they did only do four days schoolwork and did three days out adventuring in the wilderness the rest of the time. And that didn't impair his schooling at all. So, so I think there's definitely... I'm definitely open to this, but I I, I think it is complex and it's not the solution by itself.
0: Yeah, okay. That's all, all fair points there, Sarah? Yeah, yeah, I agree
1: and it's interesting the organizers of this petition have cited that that fifth day is not just going to be a, you know, sit at home or go to the movies with your mates. They they're indicating that it could be time to be having a non-traditional learning day. So it might be uh, a passion project, it might be, you know, work uh, experience um, or community work, something that is just this break from the traditional so that we're actually getting a more whole child focus around uh, children's learning experiences. So I think if that's in the mix, then people who may be, you know, thinking that this is a this is a soft out for learning,
0: oh. um,
1: that's not actually what's being proposed. It's around going, hey, look, what are some other benefits, some other experiences of learning that our children can be involved in that's going to help their, their whole development? Um, and give them a break from some of the more um, traditional focused style learning.
0: I'm just, I'm just thinking in terms of, I'm, just trying to, I'm closing my eyes and imagining a modern uh, school environment where I actually say, do get a Wednesday off. You're not 15, you get a Wednesday off, you go home. So part of it might be homework. Part of it might actually be going into town and uh, going to the museum or going to the marine museum or going to some science organisation and actually, I don't know, doing other stuff because learning is beyond the school perimeter. I mean, they know that now, but it really is, isn't it, Sarah?
1: Yeah, it is, and I think it also um, really highlights um, this idea that It's more than test scores. It's more than, you know, getting credits for NCA. Learning encompasses a whole lot of stuff, and if we are so focused on those NCA credits all the time, there's a lot of life stuff that's being missed out as well. Um, And so being able to just offer a little bit of a balance to that, um, you know, is, is definitely worthwhile for our kids.
0: Here's one Paul says Yes to a four day school week At early 70s Tawa College We had free period after lunch Friday Then two periods PE Oh who recalls the free period Um, So (laughs) Murray Mexted Organised the surfers at school To have the afternoon off For us to surf Lalo uh, Titahi Bay. It was great for the soul (laughs)
2: Um, One of the things they do in France is they have um, a broken week where they have the Wednesday off to go and do, and the kids are sort of, I think, semi-organized. I don't really, sorry, my research was not deep, deep, but um, they go and do non-traditional learning activities. So I think, you know, breaking up your week is also a cool idea where you're still learning, but it's not just in the Mm. kind of traditional classroom situation.
0: So, finally, uh, Sarah, those stats really surprised me, actually, those in terms of the significance of the mental toll on teenagers now compared to when I was growing up. Uh, whatever way we cut this, there's got to be some sort of answer in the future.
1: Yeah, and I think this is, again, like I said, you know, it indicates there's an issue here. You know, we've yeah. got. You know, close to five thousand students saying this is an issue, I don't think we can ignore this in in terms of what they're trying to communicate. I think sometimes with teenagers we we you know don't give them enough credit, and these teenagers are saying there's a problem, we're seeing there's a problem, this is a solution. Please consider it and I think we need to we need to take it seriously. Got it, Sarah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. teenagers we don't give them enough credit. Doctor Sarah Iono, the CEO of Longworth Education there. Uh no, no and no. Our kids have been dumbed down enough because of the defective system in place. It's back to basics, please. The three R's reading, writing and arithmetic. So that question again, uh the results at 440, would you support a 4-day school week for college students in Ontario? 18 pass for the panel. Last week, we ran a story about the number of tradespeople set to retire, the number significant master plumbers gas fitters and drain layers nz chief executive greg wallace told the panel its board found 25 percent of license holders across new zealand were 65 and over and we had a lot of feedback from tradies on just why you chose your trade like andrew who has a degree and is a tradie
1: i do think that if you've just got a bachelor's degree in and- um, science or a simple um, uh, English literature or something like that—it's pretty much useless. Um, you're, you're better off to do a trade, like become an electrician, and get ticketed because then you've got authority. Because then you can actually sign a piece of paper and say yes, it's done correctly, and get things signed off. And you might get a job in a government department shuffling paper, but no one's exactly going to say, oh, "I'll come round to my place on the weekend and uh, shuffle some paper, and I'll pay you cash."
0: Look at your face, Catherine. You're well, going I'm, red. Uh, I'm horrified by
2: this. I have a degree, a Bachelor of Arts, and I'm very proud of it. You're a
0: paper shuffler. <laughs>
2: Well, I kind of am actually, but um, I actually use my art history degree not only to help RNZ staffers do the crossword, but also um, to get my role as a commissioning editor at Television New Zealand when I was doing that because you learnt how to read pictures. So I actually would have to uh, completely disagree. Strong disagree with strong disagreement.
0: Okay. Well, he was just one of many traders who got in <laughs> touch. So anyway, today NZ Certified Builders launched its Apprentice Network. Apprentice Network, yes, an initiative designed to raise some of the Problems addressed on the panel. With us, Malcolm Fleming, Chief Executive of the New Zealand Certified Builders NZCB. Kia ora, Malcolm. Kia ora, Wallace. And yeah, the panel. Yes, yeah, aside from Andrew's <laughs> inflammatory comments there, Malcolm. Um, oh, well, well it's useless people with degrees, so yes, I'm taking... <laughs> sorry <piece>. about it. <laughs> um, could this be seen as an answer to the number of tradies exiting the sector? We got quite a response when we talked about this last...
4: Well, I thought it was quite quite interesting, and I, and I was reached out for for comments. Um, we've looked at our own membership base at New Zealand Certified Builders Association. And of our two thousand three hundred uh, business members, ten percent of those directors of those companies are aged sixty five or older. So that's less than uh, my um, colleague Greg Wallace is citing for that's master great. plumbers. And there's a reason for that, is that it's a reflection that building is um, is a really demanding prof- profession on the body. And so those who wish to continue in the workforce as Builders past 65 generally transition to less physical roles within the industry.
0: Now, um, you say also that for many tradies, it's hardwired into them that they also take on an apprentice to continue that traditional knowledge transfer. But, Malcolm, is taking on an apprentice quite a challenge for some?
4: It is. It is very much hardwired for those builders who are themselves trade qualified, which all right. NZCB members are, for example. That whole tra- traditional knowledge transfer, they hold quite dearly. And we're actually not seeing a drop-off in apprentice numbers across the New Zealand Certified Builders membership. And that's supported by the 13,800 13, BCITAT Pekinga carpentry enrolments currently. Uh, that's a result of that successful Prince Boost scheme. Also, um, those numbers, and we applaud the government's announcement earlier in the year that they'll
3: continue with that program.
0: Let's bring our panel, Phil.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I, I think this is a challenge not just in in the trades, but across our community generally, and. It's an interesting one as to why people would would choose to go in, into the trades. I mean, for me, it was I was colourblind, so I couldn't be an electrician, right. and I was as a woodwork, so I, I knew I couldn't be a builder. Um, but I, I wonder what the what sort of how, how does one choose that as a profession other than you know people encouraging them to that they know.
4: It's very much a case of encouraging them too, but also there has been some some good work done with the likes of BCITO and the ITO structure in recent years, just opening people's eyes um, to what the trades offer. You know, the learning learning and earning from day one is a huge incentive uh, in today's environment. We're also seeing, like, most people would associate an apprentice for being someone who's just left school, the traditional, oh, they're not so good with their hands, but perhaps they'll take on the trades. What we're seeing is, is a large number of people taking on or going into enterprises these days are a little bit older. They're in their 20s. They've had some life experiences, and they're really quite um, sort of turned on about the idea of working in the trades. Uh, I was uh, I was on a, a call with one of your Zealand um, colleagues earlier in the day, and I said I was doing this piece, and uh, it was about trades, and they came back and said, Oh. Well, oh, a good friend of of mine um, you know, into the trades in you know, the late in the early 30s um, and absolutely loved it. And yeah, there's a lot of those sort of stories out there.
0: No, and indeed. Yeah.
4: What was I saying? Is, as an apprentice, a trade of apprenticeships, it's a it's an entry, if you like, into a very diverse and broad sector. It's a ticket into the game, if you like. It's an entry, uh, so. We were talking about um, previously, um, we were talking about builders, particularly age 65, sort of diversifying into other areas. They are really broad and varied, and there's a lot more options uh, for older builders and there are older sub trades like electricians and plumbers, that they areas that they can get into, some of which involves retraining, some of which does not.
0: All right, so let's bring you back in, uh, Catherine. What's your take on this uh, topic here? Well, personally, I've got family and (laughs) trades.
2: Probably, Um, personally, I just love it when a tradesman turns up. Um, Yeah, yeah, right. Another topic. Um, Another topic. But no, I think like pathways for training generally are a real challenge Um, in the industry that I'm from, both television and the film industry. That's one of that's one of the things that we spend a lot of time is pathways into those industries because they're both like a trade a lot of it is about very practical skills and then there's the sort of I guess it's like with radio right there's some practical skills but there's also computer skills and there's also you know there's a wide range of creative and hard skills so these are um, difficult you know these are um, you know we have to try and find creative solutions for pathways, not just maybe traditional apprenticeships, but I think it's great that these are also, the the new, this new apprentice yep. network has been set up. I think it's Welcome. wonderful.
0: I mean, the thing, the thing I want to know is that is this um, a, we're talking about this new apprentice network, so launched NZ Certified Builders today, and does this represent uh, excitement for a, a passionate young person getting out, getting out of school, uh, sitting down with the parents, and the parents go, I think you need to go to university. And that young person says, no, I actually want to take up a trade, be an electrician, be a plumber, uh, be whatever. You know, does, Is this what this represents?
4: It's looking after them through that whole training program. It's providing the support that hasn't often been there previously and providing uh, opportunities for care about uh, sort of pastoral care about uh, well-being. It's providing good contracts with the employer and the employee. Yeah. It's providing things like um, insurance products, which young apprentices, because of their age, can't get or they cost too much. Giving access to those is access to a community lease um apprentices, we actually enroll them as training members of NZCB. So they get the same membership benefits um, as the full membership and get access to the broader Go network ahead. of members. But I just want to quickly touch on one thing, if I can, because we talked about pathways. Briefly, yes. But the, part, yeah, but the pathways into the profession doesn't stop with the apprenticeship ending. We've got it; a, there's, a, there's always been a gap, which is another initiative that we're looking looking to bridge, is that um, more so often apprentices finishes their – apprenticeship and then your family the friends go time to hang out your shingle go and jump into business and they jump in too early and so we've got pathways both of the profession uh, stages in the careers themselves going on to sort of a leading hand, foreman, etc., as well as the whole business 101
0: suite. Malcolm, we have to move, but really interesting and nice to have you here. Uh, that's uh, Malcolm Fleming, the CE of uh, the NZ Certified Builders. Uh, w- speaking of Trey, Wallace Russell, the builder here from the West Coast, just saying that writing doesn't start with an R. Um, <laughs> Someone's talking about the three R's the other day, uh, the, uh, 20 minutes ago. Now, uh, speaking of um, whether you support a four day work week, Someone says, I'm a 71-year-old self-made millionaire. I retired at 55. I didn't do that by doing nothing every Wednesday. (laughs) Sorry. The panel RNZ National. Now, the Ranfurly Shield has dominated news for the past few days. As you know, it's broken in half, was photographed with white powder on it and a couple of lines. Could be plaster, said the restorer. Have you had a brush with the shield? A Twitter thread revealed a surprising number had. It really gets around, apparently. Somewhere back in the 60s, it ended up in our family's Rotorua warehouse for a night, said one. Well, with us is Jane. Kia ora, Jane. Hello, Wallace. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Have you had a brush with the Ramfilly Shield?
5: I have, Wallace. Yes, I have. In 1978. How so? Well, North Auckland had won the Ranfurly Shield from Manawatu and it had come north to Whangarei uh, and there was great joy in the city. And uh, my fiance of the time, he was a team member. And through that, we were able to bring it to the school I was teaching at to share with the school. And then, for whatever reason, I can't quite remember, but I needed to look after the shield till the end of the school day before it was returned to the union.
0: And looked after it well, I understand, you would have.
5: Absolutely. I put it on a soft cushioning material in my back cupboard to make sure there were no chips or likely to fall. So, um, yes, we
0: looked after it well. So here you are, Jane. You put the Ranfley shield on soft cushioning material. I did. (laughs) Did you? you, There was no powder involved at all? None at all, no. I might have polished it. <laughs> on see you, Phil, on you. why can't people be like Jane when it comes to shields? I know. Oh,
5: but how we don't okay. we just want yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Phil's here. Jane, Phil wants to say something.
3: Hello, Phil. Uh, I just I, I I just have so much respect for the for the Ramfrey Shield and uh and I'm sure this is this is going to be addressed and I would love to see it back in its in its glory and back in the days when all the crowds turned up to to to, to, to watch the Ranfilly Shield games. And stay Day there, Jane. Days.
0: Catherine?
2: Well, I was really hoping to come with a great Ranfurti Shield story because my dad used to play for the Māori All Blacks and before that he played for North Auckland, both North Auckland and the Bay of Plenty in the 50s, he tells me, but in both those games for the Shield Challenge, he when he was playing for North Auckland against Canterbury, they lost and when he was playing for the Bay of Plenty Plenty against North Auckland, they lost. So he had no stories to tell me. So <laughs> I'm sorry about it, but I don't have a Ranfurly Shield story today.
0: It's a lovely story, Jay. And finally, as a person who looked after the Ranfurly Shield so well, soft cushioning, oiled it, what do you make of the, the the debacle now?
5: Well, I think it's a real shame, Wallace. I think we need to keep the Shield as uh, in its prideful place for New Zealand would love to see it back here now for Northland at some point, mm-hmm. um, and it'll be great to have it repaired.
0: Saw Northland play Auckland the other day at Eden, uh, Eden Park, uh, and Northland were robbed, I thought. they, uh, they Auckland just took them in the last 30 seconds by one. They certainly
5: were. They played well.
0: They did. Very good, Jane. Thank you very much. There's Jamie, who looked after the Ranfurly Shield. Have you had a brush with a shield? Now, in about uh, 10 minutes' time, we tell you the uh, snapshot panel poll, 10 minutes time. Do you support a four day school week? Yes or no? Why or why not? Text me 2101.